0: Ah, uh, good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woken and slash streaming service and chill. And today, my guest is the one and only Skatey P. Skatey P, as opposed to you-know-who might be the real Triple C, aka the coolest cat in creation. Skatey P, a.k.a. Skate God, is a Seattle-based musical artist originally from Anchorage, Alaska. And on this podcast, we discuss his new album, his relationship with Seattle artist Vitamin D. And as an Alaskan, I can tell you that we all need a little bit more Vitamin D in our lives. There is a reason Skate God receives a lot of love from Anchorage fans, despite heading south many moons ago. And in return... He rigorously defends the city he comes from. On this podcast, we learn about how Skaty became the hero in Anchorage basketball legend Mario Chalmers' children's book, as well as his new album, All G's Go to Heaven, which, by the way, is out now across all streaming platforms. And we also discuss uh, some of the music that we shared with each other. Now, I've included a link to all of the subjects we talk about below, as well as links to the music that we shared. So with that being said, this podcast is brought to you without interruption, by the fine folks at Iron Asylum and Red Run Enterprises. Now, if you hang out after the podcast, I will give you my picks for the main events in this weekend's UFC 254. All right, folks. Have a great weekend. Also, it's worth noting that the music you are listening to now, comes courtesy of SkateGod.
1: Do you have like a mute button on or something? Is this something that's not pressed
0: correctly? That might have been that. Turns out <laughs> I'm a dipshit.
1: There it is. I can hear- see I thought it was on mine. Oh my no, head it's
0: head. me! It was totally me. <laughs> I'm totally a dipshit.
1: <laughs> it's all good. I don't even. This is my first time using Zoom. My girl be using
0: it all the time because she's been working on opening her restaurant, so she's
1: been meeting with like all the people through Zoom and shit.
0: Nice. Yeah, it's the it's the way to do it, man. i uh, I feel bad that I, uh, I didn't have that shit figured out. So you're back in Seattle now.
1: Yeah, I'm back living in
0: Seattle. As of May 5th just when we moved
1: back. Um, we moved back. I mean, the most important being my girl opening her first restaurant, which is, like, in West Seattle, right down the street from where we live. She's there right now doing some painting. And also, like, the pandemic hit, so L.A. wasn't as fun with the pandemic. Like, you didn't get to enjoy all the amenities of L.A. Yeah. So why pay, why pay the L.A. prices if you can't do everything? And my job slowed down completely. You know, I was working at a hotel. I was a bartender on the pool deck, and the
0: pool deck was not a thing during the pandemic. So... Yeah. So what? Um, when you left LA, you left LA a couple of weeks ago.
1: I left. Uh, I left in
0: May. Okay. So when you left, it, it had um had it really? What We see in LA up here in Alaska is that it's kind of a great big shithole right now. Um, is that yeah. accurate? I mean,
1: it's. I don't know how much of a shithole, but it's definitely like everything closed. They're way more strict about reopening. So like. Even coming back to Seattle, I can still go to restaurants, just, like, everyone's kind of spaced out with tables here. Like, in LA, they're not, like, playing around. Like, we we'll still can't even really be inside the restaurants and shit, so. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean it's, I mean, it's so many people, too. You have to understand, like, it's, like, it's way more crowded there than, like, any of these places, so.
0: Yeah, no, Clay, I live in Soldatna, Alaska, dude. You, you get it. There's, like, a, I live in a town of thirty. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've been to Salt many times Shout out to, um, shout out to Tasty Breeze Yo, we are a great place to stop on your way to Homer. Yeah If you're like, I gotta go to the bathroom or to a grocery store We have a choice of grocery stores And many public restrooms
1: Yeah, I think I stopped there when I was on my way to Hope one year I was going camping out in Hope Alright
0: so, that
1: was fun but so I don't it was cool. A quick, uh, quick little um
0: trip down memory lane. It, it's easier just to be nice to strangers, man. And like, and to, to push joy forward. Exactly. Spread love. That's all I want to do. You know,
1: I show love to everybody. I'm not, I'm not trying to hate on no one. I'm trying to uplift all the homies. You feel me? Anyone I see struggling, I'm trying to help out. Uh, that, And that's just what it is. Everyone should move like that. Because if everyone moved like that, you know, shit would just be popping for everybody. So.
0: Well, I I agree a hundred percent. But we need to get to what we need to get to, and that is the reason we <laughs> are having this discussion today. I didn't I didn't even know this this thing was coming out. Let me I want to I want to pronounce Nobody. it. Nobody all G's go yeah. to heaven. Yeah, all G's go to heaven. Uh, courtesy of the one and only p just released like a week ago. Uh,
1: two days ago. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: less than that. Less uh, no, than it was that.
1: yesterday. Not yesterday. It Came out yesterday.
0: Yeah. Ah. Ah. yeah <laughs> attention. um yeah. let's talk about it how did this project come to be um you know it, it it doesn't seem like that long ago i guess it was about a year that uh skateland came out um but how did this particular project and the between the the pandemic and and the move and and everything that, that goes along with everything from the year um how did you put the energy to to put out a record
1: Well, I had, I wanted to follow up Skateland pretty quick because like a lot of my favorite artists that I listen to right now, like, for instance, West Side Gun, Larry June, Currency, like people like that. If you watch how they're moving, you know, these people are putting out projects every like three months, if not every two months, you feel me? So. I understand that you need that consistency in this day and age and for people to even like keep paying attention. Like you can't drop something and then not drop for like two years and expect to still like be relevant. So I wanted to try to keep the fuel burning. And um, I dropped the Northern sound song right after the 49th show last year. And that was going to be, that's that was like the first single for the project, but I didn't really like say that it was for a project, but like in my head, I was putting together a project and um a bunch of shit just went down you know homies passed away um homies who were on the project passed away like um the pandemic hit I was moving just a lot of stressful events and I wanted to try to like put that into some songs I wanted it to be seven songs I had more than seven I probably had like ten but I wanted seven just because like all G's got to have heaven seven tracks you know just made more sense um and i tried to pick like the most solid seven and i feel like i did because the response has been great and it's it's a much more personal project than skate land skate land was more just like fun with the homies like just running around just being wild this one was more like all right let me like write some shit that actually means something and um And yeah, that's what I did. And I didn't have any expectations. I didn't even put a release date. I didn't like do anything. I was just like, I just wanted to, you know, I feel like at a time like this, like I feel weird promoting something or like, oh, my album comes out in a month. Like be on the lookout with all this shit going on in the world. I didn't want to be like trying to do all that. So I was just out of nowhere. I was like, all right, I'm just going to wake up and just post this shit and see if people fuck with it. So that's, that was my, that was my approach.
0: Sorry about that. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, that's cool. I just said that was my throat. All right. Um, I yeah, and, and I think it I think it worked. Um you can tell that um you've you've gotten more comfortable with your flow and with your delivery and playing with um, with your voice more than you were uh on Skateland. Like this is it's there's definitely an artistic progression from one album uh to the next. It's everything from features to the way the the way the beats sound, the, the beats that you produced they sound like the natural progression of the beats you produced on Skateland. I, I noticed that aside from you, it's not a lot of like returning uh, folks uh, as mm. far as production goes. Um, was that important?
1: Yeah, I think it's important. To, uh, I think it's important when like creating music to try to create with like, with people you actually know, or if you don't create with someone, you know, say you met someone over the internet, at least like, create a relationship with them you know because that's going to go a lot further in the long run if you if you could create a relationship with some with certain producers or certain artists that you like that you also know or you know and can work together instead of like paying for a feature or buying beats from anonymous producers online I think there's just more chemistry there and I want to keep that kind of in my catalog for the long run you know every once in a while I definitely want to like reach out and like maybe buy a beat from a producer I really like. But, you know, starting out, I think it's important to kind of try to form a team. And that's what I've been trying to do. And that's kind of what I like. That was my aim with this project was to start A3G, which is all go gutter gang. Um, And that's like the new brand slash gang slash crew slash just lifestyle that me and all the homies are going by now in memory of my little cousin T Gutter, who passed away back in 2018, and um yeah i i want to create a circle around a3g and just like you know take it as far as we can and um and like i said i still don't have any expectations at the end of the day this is all fun for me like the if i get like love back from it or if like shit like makes numbers or if i make some money off it or if if someone wants to book me for a show that's awesome like i'm fucking stoked but like I'm not even thinking about that kind of shit. I'm just doing this shit because it's fun. Like I literally just love to make music. So,
0: yeah. Um. So as far as artists that uh, you've collaborated with, um, for uh, for example, on the the last album, on Skateland, uh, Polyester, uh, The Saint, um, with um, the features on this album, how did you collab- How did you pick them out, or how did they how did they work out? All right,
1: let's go with the first one,
0: Uh, Black Prohibition.
1: Uh, There's someone speaking, you know, some knowledge at the second half of the song, and that's uh, Vitamin D. You may or may not be familiar with him. He's a, you know, he's a legend out here in the Northwest. He's a Seattle uh, producer, rapper, all that. He's, if you watch the show Power by 50 Cent, I mean, he produced the intro song to that. Like, his record goes back to the G-Unit days, to everything he's been doing he's been doing a lot, you know, if you know Seattle and you, and you're talking about hip hop out here, you know, you're going to talk about producers like him and Jake one, and they're like the guys out here, you feel me? So to have him come on the record and speak on that one, that was just like really powerful and like awesome. And I I wanted an OG to speak. I didn't want just one of the homies to like speak some shit on the end of my song. I needed someone who's been in the game, you know? And on top of that, I mean, his son who passed away just a, couple months ago was already on the project on one of my songs so um i felt like also you know it would be dope to have him speak some shit on there i've been seeing him around a lot lately because you know i've been going to the memorials and shit and um i don't know it's just a sad time in the city so we just needed some like uplifting words for people to hear you feel me so- and okay, no, that's cool. Oh. Uh, most, of, most of the other features like my father, Most other features like Darius Lamont and A Cash. I mean, Lamont being Mr. Hendrix. Um, that's just like that's my team right there. That's my that's a three G. You know, those are my those are my homies to the, the casket. You feel me? So they're gonna be they're gonna be on a lot of shit that I do. Um, those I mean, I grew up I grew up with these guys. Those are my those are my homies. You feel me?
0: Oh, I've been a fan of Darius for a while and I get excited every time you guys uh, link up for pretty much anything. There were um, a couple of things I wanted to ask you about Northern Sound being one of them. And because um, I'm trying to, it's a very visual song. A lot of the lyrics um, talking about very specific things like the window <laughs> being down. Um, and and I don't know if I got the lyric wrong, but if I understand correctly, there's a, there's a young lady rolling a joint or somebody is rolling. There's a joint being yeah. called,
1: but yeah. the
0: windows are down how do you do that
1: because the windows are down in the front seat and she's in the back seat rolling oh okay all right the, all right the window the windows aren't down the back seat the, the the girls are in the back me and my homies
0: are in the front you feel me okay.
1: we're wrong with the wind we're wrong with the windows down because we're slapping the
0: music and we want everybody to hear it all right Just trying to get the visual <laughs> down i didn't want there to be like a loss of a loss of good flour um all now,
1: right. it, it, now, it's funny because when I when I first wrote that I thought about that too. I was like, damn, this is gonna be kind of confusing because how are you rolling up with the windows down? The we's gonna the weed's gonna fly out the window. But
0: we fucking answered it, <laughs> man. We answered. Yeah.
1: yeah, not 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 all the windows are rolled down. But if you ever see me riding when I'm rolling around Seattle in my, you know, my little eighty seven, I'm always with the window down that because you know, I just love I like, I want the fresh air coming in the car. And then also like, I'm slapping some shit. I'm trying to get people to hear it. That so. you can have
0: pre-rolls. You can go buy a pre-roll. And uh, I mean, you don't have to worry about rolling a joint in the car. That's true. That's true. Yeah.
1: Hey, but I mean, uh, on some real shit, I'm not even like a big smoker either. So like, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping those lines for other people.
0: You're driving. Yeah. You're so <laughs> responsible. You are the responsible yeah. adult in that situation, and we are grateful for folks like you, skatie We are grateful. Yeah,
1: but also, stash- man, fuck, fuck, yeah, but fuck that. Smoking and driving is not a DUI.
0: All I'm saying is that you're the responsible one, sir, and and from one adult to another, just grateful you're out there uh, on
1: the-
0: <laughs> keeping us safe. Yeah, not for sure. <laughs> um. So, um. When you uh, you mentioned I don't know if we can talk about this on the podcast. You mentioned you're working on a new project. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. Oh, we, we can definitely talk about that. So I'm working on I'm working on the third project right now. It's gonna be a four track EP, all produced by my homie Brain Jones. I don't know if y'all are familiar with Brain, but if you aren't, he was originally a Sky Division member along with me, Keezy, and Darius, and all them, and um. He sent me a pack of beats recently and just like just to like pick one to rap on and I ended up liking all of them. So I just sat down and wrote like three songs in one day and then wrote the other one another day. And it's pretty much, right now it's no features. Right now it's just me, just like four tracks, just all me rapping songs. And I may or may not get a feature on there. I'm gonna work on that. Now, if I do get a feature on there, I kinda want to reach out to somebody, you know, somebody that's gonna, you know, bring in some pool as well. So we'll see about that. But um, I've been recording with Jay Battle for like the past, how many years? I don't even know. I think I'm gonna do the next project with Vitamin D just to like, just to try something new. I've been doing the same thing for a while now. So um, so I'm really excited about that. That's gonna be a dope one. That one's way more on some like West Coast, like player shit. yeah, it's hella, it's hella soulful, but also like West Coast and Jiggy. Like, you're definitely like bouncing around to this one. Like, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be less serious than the one I just put out.
0: I appreciate that you sent me something with Harry Fraud production. By the way, Harry Fraud is one of the most slept-on producers um, in in music. I know people sleep on Static Selected as a producer, but they really sleep on Harry Fraud. Um, his sure. uh, his album uh, um, with uh, with Action Bronson is. Uh, one Ooh, of my, my favorite kid. records. I record the Rockers, uh, mm-hmm. with Wiz Khalifa.
1: <sighs> Yo, Harry Fraud is the goat.
0: <laughs> Harry Fraud stuff with Currency. Um, you know, Currency just one of those dudes who isn't married to one production sound that he's gonna rap on. Um, yeah. and a- also, I think you you were the one that put me on to uh, to Michael Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, Michael um, Christmas
1: too. I'm from Boston.
0: Also, now uh, messing with Static Selector so yeah
1: Yeah, yeah, i think they
0: just put out a joint i'm pretty sure um they did one with brady watts uh i think it was a brady watts joint um i think they i think there is something with static Selecta, just because i think if you're a rapper on the east coast you haven't actually done anything until you recorded an album with static selecta um pretty much
1: at this point as, as of the last decade yeah
0: yeah lecrae has a record with static selecta like I mean, I mean Bun B's record with Static Select is one of my favorite um albums of, of 2019. Um Static is just a hell of a
1: static static is like static is like one of the few guys that's like super active in the game, like production-wise, that is keeping like the scratching on the like beats alive. You feel me? Like not many producers are doing that, and I feel like he's one of the few. So that's like that's cool. He he kinda he kinda is like carrying on the like DJ premiere, you know, kind of vibe. So I, I respect that about him.
0: Well, he also uses his platform to promote a lot of new artists. A lot of guys that I've really gotten into over the last, you know, two years or so guys like Nems. Um, I was exposed to their music because of static selected because he was consistent. Yeah. Cause he was consistently releasing music, whether it was a production for somebody else or, you know, one of his records. Um mm-hmm. I yeah he's just a dude that does a lot of collaborations and I think that that is um from a from a listener's perspective like I would like to hear uh more of your production on uh with with other rappers I mean like I don't know I don't know when when do you think we're going to hear some more stuff with uh more skatey p skate, skate god production
1: I think you're going to hear a lot of that this winter cuz um like the last year I kinda just took off from production. I, I wasn't really making beats this past year. I was just living life in other ways and like just rapping, modeling, acting, like doing all this other shit. Um, I felt like I, I felt like I kinda got stuck on the beats for a minute. I was I was stuck in a place where I wasn't seeing the growth I wanted to see. And I didn't want to keep just making the same shit. So I took a break from that and um now that I'm back in Seattle and I, I have, like, no distractions, it's fucking, I'm kind of bored out here. Um, I'll probably be in the house all winter making beats, so. And now I'm, you know, I'm back linked up with Keezy, too, after, you know, kind of having our fall out and whatnot. And um, he lives in my neighborhood. He's making beats. If you, if you haven't, like, looked at his profile, this fool, there's not a day where this nigga's not making beats and shit, so. Um, you could probably expect to see me like at his house making some beats with him at my house making some beats and just trying to get back in the production game because I had a good run with production and then I took a break because, I don't know, like I said, I just felt like a lot of the shit I was producing was sounding very similar. So I want to I want to come back like trying to like just bring more to the table, you know, probably like playing more instruments, like all that shit. I don't want to just loop a beat and throw some drums on it. I want to do more than that, you know, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I understand. I get it. It's really easy to get bored um with whatever it is you're doing. You sometimes you just gotta change your scenery. Mm-hmm. So, and so if I, I and if
1: I didn't have other avenues to change to, I probably, you know, just would have got bored and not done anything. So I'm happy that I like started rapping and shit.
0: Um uh another question I wanted to to get to. Um the the therapeutic uses of skateboarding. Um, <laughs> so um how did you, how did you get into to skateboarding? Not, um, you know, like, well, as an activity and then, you know, kind of as therapy.
1: Um, I started skateboarding in sixth grade and I'm um, not even like seriously. I probably didn't start taking it seriously until seventh grade. But in sixth grade, my best friend, John Buck, he, he, his parents got him a skateboard and he lived like right up the street from me. And I seen him out in front of his house skateboard and I was hella jealous because I wanted to do that shit too. You know, he was like my older friend by a year so, like most of the shit that he did, I wanted to do. So, uh, so my mom eventually bought me a skateboard. It was funny. I was, I was a swagger jack guy. I went and got like the same brand board as him and everything. (laughs) And um, yeah, we started just doing that from there. And um, I don't know, things were kind of crazy at home and shit. So I, I would, be outside, like I would try to be outside as much as possible. I was rarely inside. Like at like twelve years old, I was riding bikes with my friends from fucking Dowling and Lake Otis all the way to downtown Anchorage. Just like at twelve, like no parent, no guidance or anything. So, um, so we would spend hella day skateboarding, just all day outside, going to like Abbott Loop Elementary, going to Hanshoe, going to fucking east high going to uaa just skateboarding all these different places every day and that was kind of just my escape from like everything else going on and um and it's highly therapeutic i mean you can ask most skaters like if they're having a bad day they probably just go and grab their skateboard and hit the skate park because when you're there like nothing else matters you're just like paying attention to all these obstacles and trying to figure out like how you can get over that obstacle in a new way can you it? can you ollie it can you 180 can you kick flip can you stall on this can you make a line can you line these few tricks up like if you, you get so caught up in there you're not even thinking of anything else like you completely just forget about the rest of the world so that's kind of I feel like most skaters can agree with me that that's very therapeutic in a way to just escape
0: now you're you're tall though, right? You're like six. Yeah, up. I'm
1: like, I'm I'm like six four It's just about.
0: <laughs> so, so are you are you on a longer board or like I mean I do I I do skate longer boards. It's not a long board. It's yeah, yeah like but it's a, a longer board. board. Like yeah I have a, yeah, yeah. I have a I, fatter I, board. You know like yeah, I'm
1: de- I'm definitely on fatter boards. I'm skating eight point. I'm skating eight point six three right now. I was skating 8.5s, but I moved up to eight six three. Sometimes I'll get an eight seven. I haven't done the nines yet. If you ask any skateboarder, a nine is like, that's, that, that's, that's going to be, hard. To, that's going to, yeah, that's going to be hard to kickflip. And motherfuckers, you'd be surprised. Some of these pros beyond them nine, them nine inch forwards doing crazy shit.
0: Well, okay. So, so think about it. Think about it from like a training or from any kind of like weightlifting perspective. If you're used to doing kickflips, if you're practicing on a heavier board with heavier trucks, mm-hmm. um, you know that by the time you go for that that lower um, that lower uh, that 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 thinner board, your um, your 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 kick is going to be harder. Oh, way you know?
1: harder! You're, you're, if you're doing kick yeah. flips on a fucking nine, once you go back to an eight, you're doing like triple kick flips with ease
0: yeah yeah so it's you know it's like I don't know if you ever noticed like when dudes lose a lot of weight and they still have these monster calves they're not like yeah. less strong they're still they used to carry around a lot more weight than than they do now but they're still like really strong down there
1: yeah so you definitely build that muscle skate in the big yeah, day so so you, you'll get used to it
0: I could see that as I could totally see that as a tool as a training tool you know it's yeah. like it's like train with heavier boxing gloves I mean do sense. you have do you have a skateboard? I do actually. I'm not the one I'm currently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is. Oh yep,
1: you got the Baker. Yep, that's one of my yeah. favorite brands too. I grew up watching
0: the Baker video. Um, but no, I have uh, on my uh, on my porch right now. I've got a Pistole, which is um, a skate shop in Spokane, Washington. I don't even know if they exist anymore. Um, but Pistole was a local skate shop in Spokane. And they used to design some really, really cool boards. And I came across one that had Sasquatch on it. And I was like,
1: that's... It doesn't get much more Washington than that.
0: (laughs) No, no. But here's what I learned uh, moving up to Alaska. And this is one of the things that we're working on. I was excited. I get to share this with you and share it on the podcast. So one of the things that we're working on for next year, we were trying to do it this year, was a trip out to Port Chatham. I don't know if you're familiar with Port Chatham. It's on. I have no idea where that's at. It's on the other side of Kachamak Bay down by Homer. Okay. You got to take a boat ride out now, uh, out there. But there's a story of the Port Chatham Harryman. Now, the Port Chatham Harry man is like the Alaskan Sasquatch, but super fucking violent. Um, <laughs> so, so, like, this... this it's uh, just some crazy, like, drunk guy that lives on the island that's just fucking with everybody. <laughs> no, dude, they abandoned towns twice over, like, 50 years every Damn. yeah there are there are documentaries about it on google Prime. you can check it out but so what we're trying to do out there
1: <laughs> you gotta send me send me that link later i'll send
0: you the link and and listeners yeah. viewers uh in the description as always all of this stuff will be links in the description so you'll have some michael christmas music as well boom
1: you'll have yeah, michael yeah.
0: Chris. i wonder if he'll have a christmas album
1: shit i think he did before if not then you might as well I mean, but yeah. a name like that. I mean, if you have that name, you kind of have to. Yeah, you
0: have to. You have to. It's gonna have a Mariah Carey sample. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she fucking she she gets
1: a billion streams every Christmas.
0: Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah, like she's, she's, she's paid for life
1: if she owns some of that.
0: If she owns any piece of that, and I think she does, I think that's part of her contract with the Illuminati is that she gets, <laughs> um, you know, she gets pennies on the dollar, you know, which is still... I you know, hope so. Because
1: that, man, I can't go nowhere during Christmas season without hearing her shit.
0: She didn't sell her soul for nothing. Apparently, so Mariah Carey, this was, this is a cool kind of conspiracy shit. I guess it was her big sister uh, came out and said that she was sexually trafficked by her mother. Whoa. Yeah yikes yeah. yeah 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 and there's like some weird like satan worshiping stuff in there look into it my friend it's or don't you don't have to do that uh, i would
1: I would honestly i would kind of just rather not because yeah
0: like, um, and i think i can get wrapped into that kind of shit all day
1: i feel like you read you read enough of that you start going crazy i mean no, i already know no. i already i already know there's evil shit going on in the world i don't need to know the details like fair enough like, like that hey did my stuff i got there we yeah go.
0: yeah real quick real it did for just a moment um shit oh there was uh someone I, oh um a question going back to um uh the album to, to the new yeah. album, there was one specific song that i wanted to ask you about um and it is uh grew up in the trap all right yeah uh you tell a story uh in there um, I have to ask: is that is that a, a true story? Oh yeah, that's
1: a hundred percent factual. I was like, listen to the
0: album, kid. Uh, Grown ups, kids, listen to the record. Just listen to the record.
1: Yeah, no, that shit really happened. You know, my my house used to get broken into all the time when I was young because my mom was really, you know, she was really trapping and shit. So, like, when you live when you when you trap out your home, I mean, motherfuckers come to take your shit, and that's kind of what happened. So. Um, was this in Anchorage? Yeah, it was in Anchorage. It was uh, Boniface, E6. Okay, um, I, quick question. I, I lived there until I was four years old. I was on Boniface and E6, like from zero to four. And then I moved to Dowling and Lake Utters.
0: Um The film on Frozen Ground. Now, I know that takes place a little bit before your time. Are you familiar with it?
1: Yeah, of course. I, I actually watched that shit uh, last year. The one with Nicholas Cage, right?
0: I watched it recently. My, I guess, okay, perfect. So my first question is, the the roller skating rink is that skateland?
1: Yeah. Oh, wait, in that movie? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm almost 100% positive they use Skateland. I don't think it was Royal.
0: I'm almost sure it was Skateland. All right. Cool. I was I was very excited about that. It's like I
1: think that Skateland.
0: <laughs> no, just, I think I, if I
1: remember, if I remember correctly when I was watching that movie last year cuz it was on Hulu, I remember seeing that scene and like Skateland's very specific they have like a huge like painting on like the back wall next to the like i'm pretty sure that was skateland all
0: right um (laughs) so i've never actually been to skateland um like my only references for skateland land are driving by it and your album and that movie it might as well not actually be a real place to me (laughs) like it's like i've never broken into that part of the simulation like it's just it's just still a place of the imagination um i guess the the second question is is like has anchorage always been a shithole
1: I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I want to call it a shithole. I like Anchorage; it's hella fun. It's cool. I love Anchorage, but um, um, it's definitely always been pretty run
0: down. Um, maybe like I mean, you- rough. Uh, it's, it, <laughs> it's
1: just,
0: it seems like a dangerous place to like be a pro- like a terrible place to be a prostitute in February.
1: Oh, for sure. Like motherfuckers are crazy. Like, I think. I think Alaska, Anchorage in specific, I think has like some of the highest like rape crimes in all of America. So I don't know. It's definitely extremely dangerous to be a sex worker out there. Um, but, but at the same time, motherfuckers, you know, they got to get it by any means. You don't know. So, I mean, if they want to take that risk, that's that's on them. I'm not down them. Motherfuckers got to get it. So. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's a risky business. It's a risky business.
0: All right. Um, I don't want I don't wanna like and I don't know if we're anywhere near ending this or if we're ending this, but like I don't want to end this anywhere near a down though. What are your favorite things to do? You say Anchorage is the most fun, is a is a fun place to be. I'm up there with my wife. We've got no kids. Tell me five good things to do, like five ways we're gonna have fun. Someone from out of town going into Anchorage. They're going in, they're flying from I don't know, Tokyo, and they're like, We we're here for three days. What are five awesome things according to Skate P that we can do <laughs> in and around the Anchorage area? Shit.
1: All right. If my if my dad has his food truck popping, you definitely have to stop by uh by Dasman's Cajun Kitchen and get some gumbo because my dad is cooking the best gumbo in all of Alaska. If, I mean I do is that even a crazy thing to say? There's not that much competition, but um also Hilltop Ski Resort, if it's the winter time and you're visiting, you definitely got to go there. Um, you definitely have to go downtown to the hot dog stands and get a reindeer sausage hot dog. I'm plant-based now, but I still recommend it because that's just a staple. You have to get that. Um, going to Point Warren's off and kicking it, like and looking at Sleeping Lady, maybe going down there and smoking or having a couple beers, that's definitely a move. Um, driving out to fucking um beluga point it's like like 20 minute drive drive out to beluga point chill there for a little bit um definitely you know go to skateland or something like that i mean i don't know what it's like now but back in the day it was definitely popping um maybe go to abc electric talk to evan get a tattoo uh, <laughs> let me plug the homies real quick um what else would be really sick to do i mean
0: I mean, if you're already a balloon, uh, go, right?
1: going, just just going out at night. If you like partying, you like drinking, and you go down to Fourth Avenue and just hit all the bars, go to F Street, go to Pio, go to Bernie's, fucking go to Chilcoo, Charlie's, and Spinard, like, or on fucking Midtown, go and do all that shit. Like, I have a lot of fun going out in Anchorage. Every time I go out, it's a movie. And, um, motherfuckers like the drinking party out there so if you like the drinking party it's it's a good ass time go to bush company you know go to one of the, like the craziest strip clubs in the world
0: <laughs> yeah right. okay that's um, a lot of us I man i feel really bad i insulted your hometown i feel like no i don't care. get no i don't care
1: <laughs> um i mean it, it probably is a little bit of a shit hole, but i <laughs> like it there
0: um, no, no, I, I, I lived in Spokane. I get it. I oh I get it. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Spokane. You yeah, gotta, I, I appreciate it. Like, if you know the, if you know the ins and outs of that specific shithole, it's a blessing. I love it. I don't even drink anymore. It's like you recommending the reindeer dogs. I don't even drink anymore. I highly recommend dive bars in Spokane. Um, yeah. some of the greatest, some of the greatest shithole drinking ever. Um, and that's
1: how I feel about Anchors too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I get it. Oh, I, I get it. Um, what is your girlfriend's... Uh... Sorry, we lost for a quick sec. All right, it came back. Sorry, I thought the aliens took over Seattle. No, no, no. I was getting a phone call, but I declined it. Fuck it. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, your girlfriend's <laughs> restaurant. Tell me about the restaurant in Seattle.
1: Um, so she's opening a plant-based restaurant. It's going to be... Um... It's gonna be like it's gonna be fast cash, uh, um, very experimental. Um, no soy, no tofu, no fake meat, none of that shit. Everything is from veggies and fruits. Um she, it's gonna be healthy but also really tasty. It's not gonna shit is not gonna be unsalted. It's not no fucking white fucking bullshit. Like she's got some ethnicity in her. Um You're going to see a lot of dishes on her menu that you can't find at other places in Seattle, which is great because she makes like shit that we we eat out all the time and we haven't seen none of this shit. Um, It's going to be super seasonal and as sustainable as possible. So everything's super local unless it just unless you just can't get it local Um, and menu items will change, like maybe jambalaya is on the menu during this season and it uses pumpkin instead of tomato but when tomatoes are in season it's going to use tomato like the the menu will change all the time depending on the season she will not use anything that's not in season she does she's super against that so it's just it's a really really conscious restaurant
0: what are your thoughts on fake meat
1: um i mean i'll i'll eat i mean I think it's not really that it's fake it's just that you don't really want that like like soy and tofu they're not fake they're real they real vegetables you know they come from the ground but the way that they're made is that they're super processed so if you're gonna eat hella processed veggies like soy which come from like soybeans or if you're gonna eat hella processed tofu then I mean that's on you but it's but that's just like that's like that's vegan junk food you know that's that's it's basically like you went to mcdonald's or burger king and got a mcdouble or something you know that's just hella processed food i mean like like beyond burger stuff but yeah okay oh no the beyond burger beyond burgers i'm 100% with because there's no soy or any of that in there Uh, beyond burger the main source of protein is pea protein and and that's that's actually a really good brand i fuck with them
0: okay i had um i have a friend uh she i i believe she's she's also does fish now but she was a vegan for a very long time and she said that her issue was it with it was like even just that it was connected to the sound and the coloring and that it looked like a burger i don't know yeah yeah they, no they,
1: they they did a pretty good job with the beyond burgers i actually met uh one of the guys who invented it when i was in la he used to come to my uh work and drink and i remember he was we were talking shit but um But no, that shit's pretty dope. It it does look just like it. And like that, at first, that shit used to gross me out when I used to get it. Because I was already like, I was already plant-based for a couple years. And I remember the first time I had a Beyond Burger, I was looking at that shit and I was skeptical. I was like, this shit looks too much like meat. Like I haven't had meat in a couple of years. So now I'm kind of grossed out by the way it looks. So I'm like, I'm like, damn, that's too close. But then like I got used to it and I eat that shit now.
0: So what pushed you down to uh, being plant-based or push you in that direction?
1: I'm going to give all respect to the OG church down in Inglewood. Well, he's in Gardena now in uh, Los Angeles. Um, he was my barber at the time when I was down in LA. And he was like the first black person that like wasn't a fucking geek or nerd. Like this is like, this is a, a street nigga who niggas respect down there. You feel me? Like, like he's respected in LA and he... Would every day I was in the barbershop getting my haircut, rambling on and on about health shit he just got super health conscious when he turned 40 he was like 41 at the time he used to be kind of overweight and shit too and now he's all buff and natural dreads and all that shit just as healthy and natural as any like person anybody could be and I would listen to him every day when I'm in the barbershop trying to preach to all the other brothers in there you know just like Yo, y'all got to get off this shit. Y'all got to do this. Listen, look at these facts. Like bringing up charts, like showing everyone everything, and just like being this and that. And I would just listen to him. He was so passionate about it that I was like, "All right, I want to try that." Me and my girl, neither of us were doing that. I came home one day after getting my haircut by him, and I was like, "Yo, like church has been like talking some shit, like and and it and like what he's saying is not like far fetched, like so." um so I brought like the idea home and then that documentary that Leonardo DiCaprio fucking uh produced that um that fucking uh what is it called Cowspiracy um you know we started watching that and this was at a time when like we were still kind of new to California and you know they kind of had like a little shortage of water for a while down in Southern California and like this Cowspiracy documentary was huge on that and kind of just explained how cattle farming was like just like the ins and outs of it and how bad it was not only for the environment in the air but also for the water shortage you know so um i don't know we just kind of after watching that shit it was like we were like all right fuck it let's like let's try it like let's just see what it's like and um you know we didn't go full on at first we would like maybe just not eat like Certain meat, but still eat other meat, you know. And then we eventually cut that, and we're, we're still eating cheese, still eating, drinking milk and shit like that. And just throughout the months, we just cut one thing after another so like we cut all of it, and eventually just like became grossed out by the shit. Just reading more, we're reading books, we're doing all that shit, and we're just like, man, this shit's kind of gross. Like I, like I'm not against. I'm against the industry. I'm not against like hunting. If you're if you're in Alaska and you're hunting, you're going and getting your own shit. That's tight. Like I have no. Think I'm
0: losing you.
1: Be a meat eater and only eat good meat. You know, like you're gonna you're gonna go to restaurants that are serving trash to you. You know, that's, that's inevitable. Like you'd have to, you'd have to eat at home every day and only buy meat from like people, you know, that hunted it for it to even be sustainable. You know? So that's like, it's, it's damn near impossible to do that. I mean, you can do that, but I mean, if you're in Alaska or something, it's easier to do that. But if you're like in the city, like here, like, nah, you're going to, you're going to cave and you're going to eat some bullshit that's, you know, from a restaurant or from a fast food place that like is not
0: sustainable at all. So. So we have chickens and ducks. Yeah,
1: man, that's that's where that's
0: where, huh. We have chickens and ducks now. It's like my 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 family are trying to sort of like to wean ourselves from the uh, teat of big industrial farming. Um, and yeah. it's, it's it's the I mean, it's, my 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 my
1: goal is to have my own chickens. I'm gonna have my own chickens eventually, and I will eat their eggs. So
0: yeah, we got. I mean, we've got. I want to say like two dozen chickens and ducks um you know and and my wife's been raising them since they were hatchlings they follow her around it's it's awesome <laughs> it's really cool um it's
1: crazy when you see like they're they're kind of like dogs they're not that far off you feel me they you can see you can see that they're emotional and say and that they like bond with you the shit's crazy
0: yeah. um and that and they're like they're nature's garbage disposal man like they'll eat anything uh i mow the lawn i can throw the lawn clippings in uh, and then when I'm done with that, I can have them free range in my lawn for, you know, for the afternoon, like chickens. Yeah, you could. You,
1: I don't know if you do this now, but you could even in your kitchen, like we have one, you could start a compost bucket next to the trash can. And every time you have compost, you know, food, food waste or anything like that, you just put it in the compost bin and you can take it out to the chickens and they'll eat all that shit. That way you're not adding more to the garbage
0: can. Oh, that's why we have kids. The kids do that. The kids are the kids. Are like, take take your plate out there, dump it out, man. And if, and it's see that's than, tight. I want to I want to live that life. I want to do that. Kids are kids. Kids have like there are many there are many benefits to having kids. Uh, one of them is like if you need help getting shit done, like they might have been the ones that broke it, but like they might if they're cool, like they'll help you fix it too. Um, yeah. Nah, kids are all right, man. I like mine for the most part. They're all right, I, I I I fuck with kids, but I don't think I'm ready. <laughs> you know what? And that's the thing is like that that's good, good. If you know that about yourself, then you're you're perfect. If you, I mean, my wife and I, my wife and I were married for probably about five or six years before uh, we found out she was pregnant. You know, like it just just happened oh, that's
1: dope yeah no that that's sick it, yeah. it, it wasn't like you guys were da- dating for a year so you got pregnant and now you're like fuck we have to get married type
0: of shit yeah yeah nothing like that at that's all shit. no it was cool man it wasn't it wasn't by no means a shotgun wedding it was like all right now we got this this person here and he's real cool it's it's very cool that you and you and your uh your topanga started the, the- <laughs> <laughs> um started the <laughs> path together and now she's opening a restaurant man that's cool yeah and it's
1: crazy too because she's opening a restaurant and it all came from just like my barber and LA and Gardena just talking shit <laughs> so, but that's, but that's
0: if that's how it happens then that's how it's supposed to be um yes. I was wondering how Skatey doing uh and then lo and behold um you're dropping a new record man like this is uh, this is very, very cool, man. Congratulations.
1: Hey, thanks, man. Expect some videos soon. Um, I'm shooting scenes for the State to State song on Sunday. So um, that'll be the first video, State to State. Second video will be A3G. I'm going to shoot that next month. And if I can make it happen, I'm trying to come to Anchorage in December and shoot the Northern Sound video with Darius. So that'll be, those will probably be the only three videos off the project. So.
0: Oh. As far as A3G, are we looking, or should we should be we, we be expecting uh, an A3G uh, Griselda type record anytime
1: soon? Oh, 100%. I mean, I don't know how soon, but definitely next year. Like, 100% next year, there'll be an A3G project.
0: Okay. Um, you mentioned on the last podcast that we had that you were heavily inspired by Dilla. Um, what producers do you listen to now? Who do you listen for? Mm. All right, let's
1: see. Active Producers right now. Who am I a big fan of right now? I've been watching a lot of Cooking Soul's YouTube channel. He's been putting out a lot of dope beat tapes and shit. Um, There's this this dude named Astral Trap. He's out of Tacoma. Um, I've been listening to his shit. I actually sent you one of his links. In those links I sent you, um, his beats are tight. I'll probably end up buying a beat from him. Um, who's the This Jake one. I mean, I, I probably said that last time. I've been watching all Jake one's beat videos that he puts out, and I get inspired every time, especially because he's here in Seattle. Um, who's inspiring me on the beats? I mean, obviously, Alchemist and Harry Fried and people like that who are producing for Currency and Larry and Westside, all the people I'm like listening to right now. So, um, Cardo's still killing it and just a lot of old shit just listen to you know old dylan madlib and flying lotus like shit like that tyler the Creator, tyler the Creator, heavily inspires me with beats i mean i was just listening to flower boy um yesterday like in its like entirety and fucking if you listen to his production on that compared to his production on his first projects the growth is insane and that motherfucker really knows what he's talking about. I was just actually just listening to, he did a, he did a, was it Igor? He did an Igor, his new album, Igor. He sat down with Rick Rubin and him and Rick Rubin talked about the production on it. And like just the overall production, vocals and beats. And if you listen to that interview, it's like 45 minutes to hear Rick Rubin and Tyler Creator nerd out about the music and just listen to the way they talk about it together. They're on such a different understanding than I am when it comes to that shit, that they're saying things in that interview, like Rick Rubin's like complimenting Tyler on how he did this and how that's important to like uh, a song that is going to catch people's attention. I'm listening to that shit and I'm just like, damn, this is shit that I'm not even tapped into yet. Like these motherfuckers are on a whole nother level, you know, and I, so that shit inspires me. how.
0: So, um, if you like the Rick Rubin interviews, I'm sure you've probably heard it by now. Then his, um, his interview with Andre 3000, uh, was phenomenal. Uh, and I by the way, I, I
1: still haven't tuned in.
0: that's a really good one. Um, and all of that comes from, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, he wrote mm-hmm. the tipping point, David and Goliath. Um, I got one of his books upstairs that I'm supposed to be reading right now. Um, but he's a very, very, very smart dude. In fact, um, Macklemore mentions him on 10,000 Hours, uh, and that comes from okay. an idea that he pushed out where, you know, you've got to be practicing something for at least 10,000 hours before you become an artist. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's what uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell really pushed that. And then the tipping point, uh, he goes into, like, why your birthday is important if you're a hockey player. Um, oh, why- Yeah. So being like when hockey leagues start and how old you're going to be when the hockey league starts, when you were born, if you were born uh, this in this month, you're not necessarily eligible for kindergarten to start this year. You're going to have to wait a year. Um, So then, you know, like if hockey leagues in Canada are set up relatively the same way, uh, then it would stand to reason that your bigger kids are going to come in at this uh, this age that is, you know, like almost matching up with their their birthdays, and yeah. So it just the, you'll see the way that these advantages are kind of given out. Like they're, they're, yeah, yeah, everything, yeah. everything's a fucking genetic lottery. Everything is a genetic lottery. I need to tune into that. That's the kind yeah. of shit I'm I'm into right now. That sounds yeah, yeah. So check out Malcolm Gladwell. So, and that's the really cool thing about that broken record series uh, with Rick Rubin and and Malcolm Gladwell. Um, where they kind of interview artists. I believe it was the very first episode uh, where they broke down um, like um, uh, Cohen. Uh, He wrote Hallelujah. but Anyway, the song Hallelujah uh, was originally like 85 verses. Oh, shit. Yeah, and so like (laughs) uh, like Leonard Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen, the song Hallelujah had like 85 different verses. And uh, so... Malcolm Gladwell did this broken record about how that particular song went on to be this iconic track like that, that just gets played and everyone has a, an emotional resonance with it. But we're not very familiar with, Len- oh, most of us aren't familiar with Leonard Cohen's other work. But how did yeah, yeah. this record become that thing? Um, you know, that, that sort of backstory. But yeah, check out check out Gladwell. Gladwell is a hell of an author. He's got podcasts and his books are available on-
1: gladwell, what's up malcolm gladwell
0: yes all right yep i'm about to get on it because yeah if it's if, it, if it's free
1: game i'm trying to listen
0: yeah it's and it's all and it's all good positive stuff like i've started when it comes to like posting like mute people's music up on uh on on in the description i do my best now to include like the youtube because free is better um mm. Andrew. Times are tough. And if you've, you know, and if, if the really good records, maybe that's not the same audio quality that I would get if I bought the 180 gram vinyl. Um, but uh, if I'm, you know, if I'm mopping my floor um, it'll do just fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. I yeah. mean,
0: there, there's a lot
1: of shit is free these days. Yeah.
0: But uh, free wisdom is, yeah, <laughs> I mean, and that's really the thing, right? Like, because if it turns out that it's bullshit, then it's wasted time, right? And time is the ultimate currency. You're never going to get that back. So as long as it's good wisdom, good positive wisdom and stuff you're getting something from, um, then the rest of your life, whether it's your art or whatever, is going to reflect that. 100%. I believe that. All right. Um, Skady, I gotta go do husband and dad stuff. Thank you so much for your time. Hit me up when you've got the name of... No,
1: thanks, Jay. Hey, thank you for including me.
0: Um, I'd love to have, I'd love to have you on to, uh, to actually to review records. Not, but not from what I'm realizing the more time I spend up here is that Alaska is essentially a small town, right? Like, I'm, I'm sure you heard about yeah. what happened with the mayor of Anchorage.
1: Um, Dog, I did not need to see that motherfuckers booty. Yeah.
0: So, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I live in Soldotna and I know names that were like heavily associated with that because it, Alaska is a small town. It, yeah. it, everybody knows everybody. It's a, it's a weird shit. So I didn't, I didn't cover it. I didn't, I didn't really touch on it at all on this podcast and it's right up the road because Alaska is a small town. So I am not going to ask you to review an Alaskan record because yeah. it's terrible. I want everybody to do well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I won't even say it's not made for me. Um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm definitely down to review some music. I, I I love music. I'll
1: listen to anything, and I'm not like genre specific. I like you know, I like a lot of shit. So
0: a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of bad stuff, and the good stuff is always, always, always worth sharing.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'll keep sharing shit with you too. I sent you like a few links earlier. Yeah, you I'll, did. I'll, I'll I appreciate
0: keep, that. Um, yeah, I'll
1: keep sending you shit that I that I'm fucking with right now. All
0: right. Uh, what did you think of the Al Michaels affair? That was the um. That
1: one was dope. So, so I looked into it a little bit because I had never heard them. I guess um they're from like the early. Two- they started in the early two thousands, and uh, this guy like orchestrates music and and I guess he did the Thirty Seven Chambers with the Wu Tang, and yeah. I just found all this out like thirty minutes before I called you, and uh, and I listened to some of the thir- uh, the Thirty Seven Chambers one. That shit was tight. I was fucking with it. I was actually freestyling to some of the beats and um the, the track you sent me was sick. I it had like the the la la la's in it or whatever. The um, old ooh, la, what was it? Oh, la, la or something like that. I don't know, the Shays or but, something.
0: Or- yeah, oh yeah.
1: But that yeah, that show was fire. Um I never heard of him before. I'm glad I, I'm glad you put me on cuz like I said I did the research and I didn't even know he was like I didn't know he was like orchestrating like live instrumentation of, like, Wu-Tang, like, Raekwon songs and shit. So that was tight.
0: And, uh, yeah, I was fucked with it. It was smooth. All right. And uh, the uh, the Ill Bill, Conway, Pharaoh Monch?
1: So that's another one. Obviously, I know Conway and I know Pharaoh Monch, but I didn't know Ill Bill. And uh, um, when you sent me that, I played it, and it was filthy. I fucked with it. Um, I went back and looked up, like, a couple of Ill Bill's, like, more popular songs from back in the day. And I seen that hel- something helicopter.
0: Black Helicopters, Yep,
1: Yep, I listened to that from his group, um, and that awesome. shit was that shit was tight. I actually liked that more than I liked the Conway one, the song he did with Conway, because I felt like he, was, he had that style. That style was sick on that song. That was like, I want to chop like that, you know, for fun. But, I feel like the song that you sent me come with Conway for a month it definitely just
0: sounded like more of like a Griselda record, yeah, which was
1: also tight
0: it's well, it's the start of the rabbit hole, right, because then you start going into his like he's got records with d j premier, he's got a few records with d j premier um yeah. you know he and looked- he was
1: sick, he was killing it, he was saying some shit too on those on that that uh-huh. helicopter song, that black helicopter, he was talking some shit on that,
0: yeah. They've got yeah so that's uh, that's his group non fiction N O N P H I X I O N that album had production from um from MF Doom uh it had production from Pete Rock it had production from DJ Premier it was like that's insane it like underground it was the underground illmatic like it, it yeah. came about in 2002 and on the cover was friggin uh Donald Rumsfeld who was the secretary of defense you know like Mr. Burns in it with mom yeah. in the background. Like ill nonfiction is is a rabbit hole worth going down. Links in the description. Um, oh, dog, Ill, I'm
1: about to, I'm about, I'm about to run that whole album up later today for sure. Um,
0: Ill Bill, his solo work um, with uh, with uh, with DJ Premier is incredible. Um, Society is brainwashed, which originally cool bit of trivia was supposed to be a track on uh, Jay Z's American Gangster album. Oh wow. Yeah, so apparently DJ Premier takes a long time to get you a beat. Um, that'll happen. Um, yeah. But uh, I guess Jay didn't want to wait on a beat. So Ill Bill ended up with this DJ Premier beat. Oh, damn, that's wild. What a yeah, blessing. But the, song, the song itself uh, is all about conspiracies. So it's like really crazy shit ill bill is a is a musical rabbit hole worth going down he also has a collaborative album with dj mugs of cypress hill who um his his track record in the last year is fucking blown me away uh the record with um crime apple uh he's he's i guess he's doing some stuff with flea lord uh he's released an album with Edo, a whole bunch of like young i don't even not necessarily even young but like underground east coast cats are heading out to la and recording albums with DJ Muggs. He's just done so much in the last shit year. Mayhem Lauren, um, you know, or Mayhem I'm Lauren.
1: It's, cra- it's crazy too, because I'm not like familiar with that world at all. So I have to check out that shit. Um, I have a homie over here in Seattle named Riker. I'm going to shout him out right now. Uh, he is into all of that. So I'm sure everything you're saying right now, he is hundred percent tuned into. Like if it's hip hop and it's like underground and it's coming out today, this motherfucking knows. I don't, I don't really be knowing, I'd be like, I'd be kind of sleeping on a lot of that shit, so you definitely have to put me on again. Because,
0: well, because a lot, of, I think for me, like, a lot of the new stuff, um, and this is what I really liked about, uh, about your production, Um, is it references, you know, you sample well, mm-hmm. like, you, you sample, and, and then, you know, you, it's, it's kind of like a fresh vintage, right, it's like, if you know how to shop, at a thrift shop right then yeah. and, and then maybe you one day you get to make these kinds of beats too um mm-hmm. like it's it's just like it's fucking music for people who know how to dress
1: exactly and yeah that's um that I, I would explain the beat choice that way too
0: like you had a line on you had a line on the new record that was like uh and i'm gonna paraphrase here but it was like you know it <laughs> It looks like I spent a lot, but everything was bought at a thrift shop or something like that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And, you know, you know, and yeah, I got, I, you know, and I got my, 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 uh, my polo sports and I got my Brooks brothers and. Oh yeah. I'll have all that shit, but none of it's new. Yeah. <laughs> so <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> Everything's at least 20 years old. Um, everything used to belong to someone who's no longer with us. Um, yeah.
1: I used, to, I used to search the racks for the polo pieces that had the uh, made in USA on the tags. If it had the made in USA, I think that means that it was like it was like before 95 or some shit like that, because then after that, they started making it in like Taiwan and Philippines and shit like that. So, yeah, if you know what you're looking for, you can get you know, you can get the right shit.
0: So that's, okay, so I was wondering, I was kind of wondering why it was so important to have, like, the 1992, like, the, Like I saw the, um, and I've had a, a, a low, one of the dudes from the Low lives, uh, um on the show, and, and I should have, maybe there's a better question for him, why, the, the emphasis on the years, but I didn't know that. Um,
1: yeah, 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 the, the years, you know, shit will be, shit was actually made in USA once upon a time, <laughs> so it gets just worth more. Yeah,
0: all right. By the way, shout out to the Lowlifes and and Thurston Howell the Third. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. All Anyone right. on some vintage shit? I'm fucking with it. I'm about to start some vintage clothes too. Next year, I'm gonna start a little shop. So
0: that's going um, fun. Yeah, I, I get excited every time a thrift shop follows me on Instagram. I'm like following back,
1: like <laughs>
0: their virtual racks. You yeah. Know, uh, does this Carl Malone jersey still exist? 'Cause
1: Carl Malone has a house in Latna. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually trying to um I'm trying to get a fucking Duke jersey. I'm trying to get um I'm trying to get a change in Langdon joint.
0: Okay.
1: That would be fire. I don't know if you're familiar, but he went to East Anchors High School and he you know, he played uh he played in the NBA and whatnot.
0: Um but
1: that would be that would be fire.
0: We we were talking, uh, on the podcast we recorded earlier today, like we were talking about like Mario Chalmers and Carlos Bozier, And, uh, in fact, like the last time Carlos Bozier went to, uh, went back to Juno, he, uh, destroyed all the rims because he didn't need some kid coming for him. (laughs) That's not true, by the way, that man runs. Yeah.
1: I I wouldn't imagine that would be true.
0: And, And Mario Chalmers is writing kids books. So like, yeah, actually, um. I actually bought the
1: kids book. Um, my friend Emmanuel Everett, who did the Skateland cover, he illustrated the whole Mario Chalmers kids book. Oh no shit! Yeah, so That's if you look awesome. if you if you look at me on Skateland, like the art, and then you look at the Mario Chalmers kids book, you'll see that the cartoons look very similar.
0: Yo, you're the hero in Mario Chalmers kids book yeah <laughs> I mean I don't know you're about, his role model that,
1: but, but it's yeah it's the same illustration for sure
0: <laughs> that's awesome that's that's very very yeah. man, that's so cool I didn't know he used a, a like a local artist
1: for that yeah he used my homie like my homie who did the Departure 2 cover for me and Keezy did the Skate cover did the Skatey Perry cover same guy did this Mario Tomers book so man, man I'm, I, I, I try man I try to I try to keep it as Alaskan as possible
0: that's awesome. Um, alright, I'm gonna I, I've said this like five times, man. I'm gonna let you roll. Thank you. Thank you yeah, so much. No, yeah, no, um, thank
1: you. I'm always down to nerd out on some shit. Alright,
0: brother. Have a great day, have a great week, and and enjoy your time in Seattle, man.
1: Yeah, I'm man. All right, thanks, William. Alright, peace, Have a great day. Peace, bro. Yes, sir.
0: Thank you very much for listening through to the end of the podcast. I really do appreciate that. All right, here is my official breakdown for UFC 254's main event. All right, it is Uzbekistan versus Alaska for the country with the baddest ladies. And because that is the really what it comes down to, I'm almost on the side of Alaska just because. However, that would be improper and that would be unfair. Now, the veteran here, the more experienced fighter here is definitely Lauren Murphy. She's also our Alaskan, and her opponent is Lilia Shakarova. And I don't want to butcher her name because she seems like a butcher herself. You see, Murphy has experience and momentum on her side with her record of 13 and four. And Shakarova has knockouts in events called Gorilla Fighting 18 and Battle on the Volga. So that being said, both of these ladies are very tough and experience is going to be key. That being said, I am going to go with Lauren Murphy. All right, moving on to the next fight. It's going to be Phil Hawes versus Jacob Malkoon. Now, Hawes comes from the contender and really has... A whole history of international competition to draw from. He's got a lot of experience for a guy that doesn't seemingly have a, a crazy extensive record of eight and two. However, Malcoon coming in at four and zero is also, I think, it's important to mention a teammate of Robert Whitaker. So he also does not have a lot of experience, but he is coming from a camp with a very solid former champion on their hands. That being said, I'm gonna go with Haas on the experience factor. That, and again, he's an American. Alexander Volkov moving on to battle with Walt Harris. Uh, Walt Harris from the United States, Alexander Volkov from Russia. I think one of the things you're gonna to have to look at here besides their record, 31 and eight for Volkov, 13 and eight for Harris, is you look at who, they've, uh, who they fought, their mutual opponents, And from there, you just kind of look at how they won or how they lost as what are going to be the keys to victory. Now, Harris has a loss to Fabrizio Verdum via submission uh, versus his opponent from Russia who has a knockout over Verdum. I think that that's going to be the kind of uh, keys that we're looking at. I don't know if Walt Harris has the wrestling or the grappling that uh, someone like Verdum has or the anti-wrestling or grappling uh, that uh, uh, Volkanovski has. I don't know. This is going to be an interesting fight to go with, but I'm going to have to go with Volkanov. Uh, I'm sorry, Volkov, uh, for the win in this one. Uh, not really 100% sure how it goes. Probably going to be strikes. Actually, no. I'm going to take that back. But it will be strikes, uh, and it will be by the second round. Moving on to uh, to the co-main event, Robert Whitaker versus Jared Cannoneer. Jared Cannoneer originally, well, he's originally from Dallas, but uh, he fights via Anchorage, by way of Anchorage, by the fine folks over at uh, Legacy BJJ where he started training. Uh, Robert Whitaker in Australian, definitely not in Alaskan. I'm going to have to go with Cannoneer on this one. Uh, first off, he's from Alaska, just like Lauren Murphy. Um, and I think that he'll win by mauling. Now he isn't the friendly gorilla. He's the killer gorilla for a reason, and so for that reason, our prayers are with uh, Mrs. Whitaker and uh, and the uh, now fatherless children. Well, not now but potentially soon to be fatherless children of Robert Whitaker. There's a very very real risk that Jared Cannonier might rip Robert Whitaker's arms off. So. I'll explain it to you like I explained it on my on uh, an IG post earlier. If you've ever banged a hammer when it's 20 degrees below, one of the things that you really have to think about is whether or not that's something you really want to do for a long period of time. Jared Cannoneer has had to go to the grocery store when it's 20 below. I don't think Robert Whittaker has had to do that. Jared Cannoneer has, has had to buy groceries for his family. In, in the wicked cold streets of Anchorage, Alaska in the winter. That being said, Jared Cannoneer no longer lives in Anchorage and I don't think he wants to have to move back to Anchorage, all right? I'm gonna go with Cannoneer because the guy with the wax chest is standing between uh, Jared Cannoneer being able to feed his family and not, all right? I gotta go with Cannoneer. Cannoneer, all day, every single day. Every day of the week, I go with Jerry here in this fight. Now, moving on to the main event, the reason we are all here today and the reason Mr. Dana White is saying that UFC 254 is tracking to be the highest-grossing uh, UFC of all time. And I don't know. I, I Probably. Uh, Habib is one of the biggest athletes in the world and Justin Gaethje is is a hell of an opponent for him. And I think everyone is excited to see uh, what happens here. Now, I do believe that Justin Gaethje's uh, anti-wrestling is good enough to fend off Habib. And I do think that Justin Gaethje's wrestling, which we haven't seen, we have not seen Justin Gaethje get busy uh, with his wrestling in the UFC. And I think that we're gonna see it. We're gonna have to see Justin Gaethje hold Habib off and uh, be able to keep it standing, and I think that that will be, you know, that'll be the key. Justin Gaethje is is going to move fast. He's got great coaches. Habib's got a uh, great coaching. He's got great training partners. But I think what it's going to come down to is um, is Justin's anti wrestling. Uh, I'm excited to watch this fight. I'm I'm excited to see how it goes. But I'm going to go with Justin Gaethje uh, fourth round TKO. But that being said, this is Mixed Martial Arts and Anything Can Happen. I've been wrong in the past. All right, folks. Uh, Without further ado, I would like to say thank you to my supporters, my fantastic supporters, uh, the folks that I love so very, 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 very much. We're going to start off with Iron Asylum, located at 35165 KB Drive, behind Save You More. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook. The gym is open 24 hours a day. The number to call for more information, 907-953-4720 for more information. That number again for more information 907-953-4720 and Red Run Cannabis Company located on the Kenai Spur Highway. They are the growers of fine cannabis and the brewmeisters of Hashade, Blueberry Hashade and now Strawberry Hashade. They also make canna honey sticks and peanut butter. Now in store they also carry flour and concentrates including decarb oil and cartridges. Now because Red Run has their own manufacturing facility, nobody can beat their prices. They also stock edibles from Lady Grey and Creative Confections as well as CBD from Alaskan-made Frontier CBD. Be sure to check out redruncannabiscompany.com for more information and weed maps for their current menu. Hash Aid and other Red Run products are available at finer dispensaries in the state of Alaska. Now, your cannabis warning. Have a great weekend, folks. As per 3AAC 306.360 Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning, A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. And E. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Red Run Cannabis Company, license 3A-10056. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, a license 4A-10052. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, license 5A-19372. 5455 Kenai Spur Highway, 12156 Kenai Spur Highway, Kenai, Alaska, 99611.